Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to MustReadAlaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska Show. I'm your host, John Craig, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. I hope everybody's having a phenomenal Christmas break. Kids are playing in the snow, and uh, Christmas is almost here next week, so very exciting. I want to thank everybody that listens, watches, and reads Must Read Alaska. If you want to help keep the lights on here, just go to mustreadalaska.com on the right-hand side. There's a little donate button. Every $5, $10, $100 helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. Hey, and if you want to sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, all you got to do is email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com. But without further ado, I have a very special guest today, Morgan Law, who is running for U.S. Congress in the 1st District of Colorado. And I thought it would be awesome to have her on because she is running as an independent, folks, not as a Democrat, not as a Republican. She's not taking any packed money. She's doing it the old-fashioned way. So welcome to the Must Read Alaska show, Morgan. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to talk to you, talk with you. Tell me a little bit about the story of what got you to run for Congress in the first place. It's quite a big undertaking, my guess is, and it probably didn't go without you, you know, really thinking through that decision. So tell me, tell me what got you to run in the first place. Yeah, so I volunteered on a Democratic campaign and then I volunteered on a Republican campaign. And while I think both of the people are great people, I was super disheartened to see so many similarities as far as the corruption and the smear campaigns and how much money they take from big pharma, from big big tech, from the real estate industry. I just had no idea that both sides were at the same level of corruption and they were all doing these dirty tricks and just it, it kind of broke me. And so I changed the independent to an independent in 2020 and um, started researching what does that look like? Are there other independents? And, you know, we've elected two to the Senate and two to Congress in the history of the United States, never a woman. So I'd be the first woman. And all of the ones that have been elected, they're um, far left Democrats. They caucus with the Democrats. They vote with Democrats. They follow party lines with the Democrats. So I don't think we have any true independence in federal office right now. So, so uh, I. Oh, sorry, we got a little bit of a delay here. So you decided to throw your name in the hat. How's it been since that? My guess is tons of work. You're probably on the campaign trail every day of the week, right? Yeah, lots of work. And I love work. I'm a construction worker. So that's my day job. I've done that for over 10 years. Very blue collar. I'm I'm on the job sites doing construction. And I have two little kids. And I keep talking about the differences I want to see, not only at a national level, but here in Colorado. And so, you know, after four years of talking about it, I'm like, it's time to do something. It's time to to make a hard sacrifice and go for it. So um, we mortgaged our house to fund the campaign. I'm going to take a year off of um, construction work and just sacrificing time with my family and the other things that I have going on. I also run a nonprofit and just campaigning. So I'm campaigning all the time. I'm at events all week. I'm knocking doors. I'm making phone calls. It's very hard as an independent to spread your message and get your name out there. And the challenges are endless with an independent. We don't have a party backing us. Mm-hmm. You know, the Democrats and the Republicans, they raise funds based on hate of the other side. So it's very easy for them to raise millions of dollars. 
Well, independent, everyone's like, yes, I agree with you. This sounds great, but it doesn't get the excitement to raise the funds that you need. And so it's very grassroots. So what are you hearing from folks as you're chatting with them at events or just knocking on doors? What are some of the things people are caring about and maybe sick about? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've already talked to thousands of people and I have I have 800,000 people in my district. Every district in Colorado is 800,000 people. And we have high voter turnouts. I mean, we're talking over 450,000 voters per district. It's a lot of people to get in front of. Everyone that I spoke to, whether they're left, right, or center, they just say the message makes sense. And my message is unity, common ground, and common sense laws. And so instead of you know, demonizing or dehumanizing people that don't agree with me or on the opposite sides, I think there's a way on every issue, even the hot button issues, abortion, you know, guns, crime, there's a way to come to the middle and actually work for the people. But you can't do that when you're part of the two-party system right now because their their vote is so bought off. They're so paid for. They're so corrupt. They don't vote for their constituents. They vote for their party. So do you think there's um, something to be said for trying to find some common ground? Uh, you know, I think in today's political world, it's like, well, you don't agree with me, so you're a bad person. Do you think that, that that's kind of what people are sick of of uh, being the only option on the table? Yeah, people are tired of that rhetoric and they're tired of, you know, I think there's finally a point where people are seeing behind the curtain of the mass media and that they are driving division, that our current government is driving division. And I, I get it. That's how they raise funds. That's how they campaign. That's how they've been able to keep themselves in office and become millionaires and elitist. But the people are finally starting to see like, this is crap and it's not working for us. So 50% of America is unaffiliated now. It's the highest number it's ever been. Those are independent voters. But what happens is they say, I'm pro-life, so when I get to the voting booth, I'm voting Republican, I'm safe. Or I'm pro-choice, so I'm voting Democrat because that's safe. What we need is people to get to the voting booth and say, I don't actually agree with the corruption on either side. If you have an independent representative, you know, down ballot, up ballot in your area, for you to be brave enough to vote for them, especially the, the unaffiliated voters, we, we outweigh Democrats and Republicans twice over, but people get there and they just vote what's comfortable. We need people to start voting brave. And that could, if we did five independents into Congress, we could change the country in one election cycle. So one of the, one of the things that you care about that's on your website, and we chatted a little bit, is about term limits. Why are those important to you? Term limits are so important. You know, we have term limits for our president because we don't want a dictator. And then we have term limits at the local level for everyone in House and Senate and, and the governor. Everyone else has term limits. And then there's this middle ground of the people who are in Congress who don't want term limits because obviously they would turn themselves out of a career. And but they, you know, my current congresswoman, she believes in term limits for the president. And she believes in term limits at the local level, but not for herself. So, you know, I've lived under a dictator. I lived under a dictator in East Africa for years and years. And it gets to a point when you don't have term limits where it becomes then they pause social media and then they start arresting the opponents. And it, it just it, it doesn't get better. It only gets worse. And living under a dictator is never beneficial for the people. For the people who have a voice, you can't have someone in office for 30 years. So the incumbent I'm running against has been in for 28 years. Jeez. So I, I just heard a very fascinating tidbit of your story. You lived in East Africa under a dictator. Tell me more about that. 
Yeah, so um, if anyone that knows Uganda's history, it was Idi Amin, who was a terrible dictator. And then after that, Museveni came in and people were very excited to have this new president. He's for the people. He did his his terms and then he said, oh, I'm, I, pretty much, I like this power. So he started um, saying, well, we're not. He made a law that said no more term limits for the president. And then anytime the election, um, just a couple of years ago, there was a guy that beat him in the polls. So what he did is he took him and put him in jail and said, nope, I'm the president now. And um, the, the craziest thing about developing countries with people that have dictators and even with all the foreign aid we're giving them, they are no better off on any metric than they were in the 1970s. So I ha I wrote a legislation, I write legislation um, and I send it to Congress. Of course, they pay no attention to it because I'm not a member of Congress. But about seven years ago, I wrote the Foreign Aid Reformation and Accountability Act, which means if we're giving foreign aid to a country, one of the pillars is that they have to have term limits for their presidents. And if we said, if you don't have term limits, we're not giving you the billion dollars a year, they would change it. We have the power to do that. Living under a dictator means the education system is very poor. There's no sanitation. There's no clear path to home ownership. There's no easy path to owning a business. You don't have fair and just trials. All the things that you can't advance a country on. So, um, you know, as you pointed out before, the uh, independents that have that have won in the U.S. tend to historically be far left. Somebody could take a look at uh, the things that you care about on your on your on your website and think, "Wow, this person cares about reducing crime and and um, you know alleviating the drug problem." Different a different uh, take maybe on homelessness than than folks in the far left camp would be. Talk to me about some of those points where you're kind of in the center, it looks like, for, for a lot of those points. Yeah, this comes back to my common sense policy, which I have on all my stances. Homelessness has, it's not just affecting Denver. We're one of the top 10 cities now, but it's affecting all of the country at rates that we haven't seen before. And so, you know, the, the I don't think either side has done a good job of actually making it happen. So the Republicans will say, you know, the, the church nonprofits need to come in and take care of it. And the Democrats say, in my case, let's throw $254 million a year at, at the problem. In that time, we've gone up 30% in our homeless population. And what this, their solution was, well, let's hire 675 new employees to solve the problem. If they solved it, they would be working themselves out of a job. So it's counterintuitive there. But I've spent 10 years on the streets with homeless communities between Skid Row, Oklahoma City, and Colorado. And what people need is one-on-one -on -one care. They need social workers who can have a small caseload, be paid a, a very, very appropriate wage, which for me is six figures as a social worker, and they have six people at a time. We could do that, cut our budget in half, have one social worker for every person on the street, have a 24-month self-sufficiency plan that where they step down, we help them, and then they step down to become their own productive member of society. Those things could actually make progress. So much of it is politicians wanting to make these promises that they campaign on, and then of course they don't fall through. So let's say you are elected, you win, what do you do in day one? Day one for Coloradans is homeless crisis. Um, it's affordable living and it's the crime rates here. You know, at, at our local level, they have decriminalized Grand Theft Auto. And so in 24 months, we became the capital of the country for Grand Theft Auto. Go figure. Um, so there's just these common sense laws where, where I understand the compassion that they want to have on, on the Democratic side. And I understand the truth. What How I explain it is 
the Republican Party is, is the party of truth for me. And the Democratic Party is the party of grace. And both are great. You know, the Republicans are like, these are the rules. This is what we have to follow. And the Democratic Party is like, we need to help everyone no matter what. If we can bring truth and grace together and have common ground where we are helping people, but in a way that still holds people accountable, we could find that common ground and we can make such a big difference in our cities. But they're so intent on polarizing the other side and working towards the other side. They're not actually working for the people. So are, how, how's the campaign going in terms of the two parties? Are they ignoring you? Are they being nasty to you? How's that been so far? Yeah, we're largely ignored. Um, they're not concerned. You know, they could at any moment raise millions of dollars from their camp at any point in time. Independents can't do that. We don't have a camp to raise from. We don't have donor lists. We don't have um, people at the national level who are excited to, to donate. And unfortunately, what it comes down to campaigning, 97% of campaigns are won by whoever raises the most money. And that's such a dangerous place for our democracy to be that it's it's you're buying your way into office. And that's how it's been for a, a couple decades now, especially since Citizens United. So who's somebody that you look up to? You seem very driven, ambitious. You're, um, uh, you know, you're, you've done quite the undertaking here of running against somebody who's been in there for, I think, 25 years or 28 years, whatever you said. That's a big, that's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough thing to do, but there's got to be, you know, who's somebody that you've looked up to that's been a hero to you that kind of keeps you going? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost is my mom, who's just an incredible woman, hardworking. Um, none of, neither one of my parents were college graduates. They came from poorer backgrounds. And my mom put herself through college in her 40s, worked two minimum wage jobs while she was raising two teenagers. And she didn't tell us to work hard. She showed us. And then she also gives back to the community. You know, my parents volunteer like five nights a week. So that was my role model. As far as politicians, um, I'm a Tulsi fan. I think what she's done leaving the Democratic Party and speaking out about the corruption and becoming an independent is really brave of her. And we need more people like that. So the independent movement, it's 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 small compared to how many independent voters we have saying, you know, 50 percent of Americans are unaffiliated. That's a lot of representation right now, because, like you said, it is so hard. People ignore you. You don't get the media coverage. You don't have the funds. But I think if more people would have done it 10 years ago, we'd be easier now. So people like myself, we have to do it. And I think I can win. I'm not running for fun. I'm not running for myself. This isn't fun. Um, yeah. It's a huge <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> There's nothing about it that's fun. It is interesting and it's great to talk to people and be in the community, but I'm running to win. And I don't think people like Diana DeGette, who I'm running against, should go uncontested for three decades. So there's going to be folks listening in that are, you know, thinking, oh, man, I've kind of been frustrated with both parties or either party or one party. Um, what would you encourage them to do? They're going to be listening. You know, folks that will listen to this are all over the U.S., different countries. What kind of advice would you give that person that feels like, man, I've never really had that voice of a party that cares about the things I care about? What could they do in their own communities and their states and whatever, wherever they're at? Yeah, my first advice is run, run for office. You don't have to be a millionaire or an elitist, especially at the local level. We need more independent people who are willing to to bring the people together and then vote brave, vote independent. When you the, the media has done such a good job of training us that an independent or a third party vote is a wasted vote when we're the majority. We're 50 percent of the voters. So if we all band together and said we're, we're going to show them with our vote that we're not dealing with the crap on either side. And they voted brave and they voted independent. 
I mean, we could change our country. So what about for folks living in, you know, Colorado or around the around the U.S. that want to help your campaign out? Tell us how people can find you, social media, website. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm just morganforcongress.com. That's my website. Um, I'm on all the social media platforms, Morgan for Congress. And sharing, you know, I, I it, donations are great. The, the, a lot of people aren't in a position right now, especially with our economy, to be giving money. And I'm really aware of that. I'm a blue collar worker. I am middle America. And so I understand that. And so I, everyone, you know, talks about money. If you can donate five, $10, that's great. But sharing, um, you know, my Twitter or my Instagram or signing up for emails on my website is a great way that you don't have to spend any money and you can still support the campaign. And then for people to just look into who their officials are, I know people wait till two weeks before election, but look and see if there's an independent or an unaffiliated running in your area that's a serious candidate. So uh, any last minute thoughts, Morgan, before we head off here, 25 minutes has went by in a flash. Um, you know what? Thanks for doing this. You People like you who are hosting spaces for independents to just have a voice and just talk to people is, is what we need. And so you are doing so much for the movement just by having me on here. And I am super grateful and I'm grateful for everyone that's listening. Awesome. Well, if there's one word I could describe you with, it's brave because you're facing two giants. And so um, I bet that that is very hard at times. And again, it's um, it probably seems like a double uphill battle. When my dad told me that he walked to school both ways uphill in the snow, that's probably what you're doing every day. So um, for folks listening in and wanting to hear more about Morgan Law, we're going to put her website link in the in the description, go check it out. And for folks that listen, watch to read and read Must Read Alaska all over the U.S., we want to thank you for doing that. If you want to help sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, just email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com. Love to hear from you. And until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you so much, Morgan, for joining us. Thank you.